Welcome to Clued in Mystery. I'm Sarah. And I'm Brooke. And we both love mystery. Good morning, Brooke. Hi, Sarah. It's so great to to be talking with you again. And we have a very special guest today. Yes, I'm so excited. We're going to be speaking with Anne Claire um, and uh, talking a little bit about her new book and uh, using another author's world to jump into a new story. So I'll do a quick introduction of, of Anne and then we can get started speaking with her. Anne Claire earned degrees in geography, which took her across the world. Now, Claire lives with her geographer husband in Colorado, where the mountains beckon from their kitchen windows. When she's not writing, you can find her hiking, gardening, herding house cats, and enjoying a good mystery, especially one by Agatha Christie. Welcome, Anne. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Hi, Anne. Hi, thank you. This is going to be great to talk with you today, and it's just such a great jumping off point for us as we just talked about continuing the story in our last show. Um, And, you know, last week, Sarah and I discussed the different ways that authors can continue or play off the work of another writer. And Sarah gave some great definitions of ways this happens, such as part of the canon, pastiche, parody, fan fiction. And, you know, after reading your book, I believe your series, The Christie Bookshop Mysteries, falls into the category of pastiche since it contains similar elements um, and plays off that Agatha Christie style. Would you agree? I do agree. I, I love those definitions too. And as you were saying, I'm always thinking, what is it? And it is a pastiche. I wanted to sprinkle in little bits and have my characters admire her and use her as their inspiration. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And have you been a longtime fan of Agatha Christie? Do you even have maybe a favorite Christie novel? Well, I was thinking how to answer this question. And I am a long-term fan, but when I started writing these books and I I blithely told myself, well, I'll just read all the Christie's. <laughs> and then I realized how many I hadn't read. So it's been really fun as part of writing these books to read her books and to read about her. And um, I just, I read recently an article about her that said you could read one new work by her per month and still be going seven years later, after which you'd forget the endings, which I do all the time. <laughs> And you could reread them. So I'm feeling a little bit better about having not read all of her things, but I am a big fan. Oh my goodness. That's great. That's great. And um, I know I fall into that category. I have by no means read all of her work. So, and I agree with you, you really could reread them in a few years Mm -hmm. because they're so tricky and they, they would just be all brand new again. They, they really are. And I'm particularly bad at remembering endings. So for me, it's like, oh, that person did it. <laughs> or I will go back and I have been rereading some of them just to see if I could have figured it out and where she dropped the clues. And that's been really fun, too. That's great. I, I'm like you, Anne. I, I very rarely remember what the ending to a book was. So I'll reread it or I'll watch rewatch a television, you know, television mm-hmm. mystery and and Oh, it's only just at the end that I'll be like, hmm, I actually think I've seen this one. <laughs> oh, I'm glad to hear that because <laughs> I always feel like, oh, it's only me. <laughs> but you asked if I had a favorite one too. And, and that's, I've been, I've been wondering about that because as I do read them, I find things I love about each one. And, and since I haven't read them all, I don't know if I could say I have a favorite, but I love Miss Marple. I love anything with Miss Marple. And um, boy, I was thinking if I had to pick a, 
a set of favorites. Maybe I, I like a Caribbean mystery. I don't know if you know that one. She, when she goes on vacation, right? Her, her nephew, the, the writer has sent her on a Caribbean vacation and Miss Marple is bored, but then there's a mystery and she leaps into action and it connects with a, with Nemesis, which, I, which might be my favorite where Miss Marple solves the crime in her little fluffy knitwear that she's made herself. And she gives me chills. <laughs> That's one where Agatha Christie gave me chills with Miss Marple. So I do love those. And it's a recurring character that features in both of those. Very good. Oh, how fun. Yeah, it's always fun if the sleuth um, takes a vacation. I find that like in a cozy series, for instance, it's a way to keep a a series fresh. So, um, you know, we even have Agatha to thank for that little trick that authors can play, don't we? think so, yeah. Sarah and I often comment how daunting it must be to follow in the footsteps of one of the classic mystery authors. We'd love to hear if there was anything you kind of thought was untouchable uh, versus what you felt like you could put kind of your own spin on. Well, um, it is daunting. I would never think that I am <laughs> attempting to be Agatha Christie. I think my my protagonists, my two sisters, they sell books. They're booksellers. And their last name is Christie, and boy, they really wish they could somehow be related to their favorite mystery novelist. And then a crime happens in their little small town. And so like Miss Marple, like Agatha Christie's protagonist, they're thrown into this crime and they have to investigate. And they know their special skill is reading. They've read a lot of mysteries and they've read a lot of Agatha Christie. So like you said about the pastiche before, they call on the various books that they've read, the things they know about detecting from Miss Marple or what would Poirot do here. So really they're, in a way, paying homage to Agatha Christie and her books in their detecting. That's awesome. That's so fun. It's a great idea. Agatha Christie Limited is the company now managing the literary and media rights to Agatha Christie's works. Were there any legal issues for you to consider when using the Christie name, um, for instance? I hope not. (laughs) I really hope not. (laughs) Mystery writers have all sorts of fears. I hope that is one of them. Um, I think, I think I, you know, I love the books. I love books that play off her plots or follow one of her plots, but, but mine doesn't do that. Like, it, like we said before, they, they really use their readings of Christie and use her as inspiration. So um, I was careful to have them talk about books, but I don't even want them to give away the endings because I don't want to be a spoiler <laughs> for other readers of Christie. So I think I'm okay there, I, I hope. Um, but like I said, she was the inspiration for the characters. So they're using her methods and her sleuths. And I think, you know how Miss Marple, when she thinks about crimes, or she thinks about human nature and people, she references, well, who they remind her of. It's kind of like my mother, except my mother isn't, <laughs> isn't Miss Marple, the detective. But Miss Marple will say, well, she reminds me of so-and-so and she behaved that way. And this, I know this about her because of that. Um, in my book, the, I hope the characters do that a little way with their reading that, well, we've read about this and this is how that plot worked. And that that's how human nature and motivation and uh, the crime work there. And so they take a little bit of that from Agatha Christie. That's great. That's great. And I think it's really smart that although they use some of the um, ideas from plots that you don't spoil any of the 
of the stories. I think that was that was a really good choice. And I think it would probably be a great lead in. You know, we talked about this when we were discussing some of the um, Sherlock Holmes continuations, mm-hmm. that it might be a way to get readers who have perhaps never picked up a Christie mm-hmm. into it and to think um, about going back and reading some of those stories. So that's, that's I think, a really um, charming thing about it as well. Thank you. I hope so. I hope people are, will read more Christie because it is so fun. Uh-huh. Yeah, and just on that, I, I do feel like there's a bit of a resurgence in interest in Agatha Christie. And I don't know, you know, I'm sure Kenneth Rana's movies help with that. Um, and, you know, Sophie Hanna's books that, uh, you know, continue Poirot. I think that that all just contributes to the, you know, the interest that that people have in in reading her books. And yeah, I, I I encourage everybody to because I think mm-hmm. same thing, like, you know, she's she really <laughs> so is. great. During the pandemic, and I was reading her, but I was also listening to her. I was walking around with Christy and audiobooks in my ear of Miss Marple and Poirot, and it was just so much fun. And you wouldn't know that they were over 100 years old, really. That's what's, I think, oh, they're very readable to modern readers. So, yes, I encourage people to. Absolutely. And that's a great point, Anne, because if you think about it, when she was writing, um, the idea of an audio book um, mm-hmm. had nev- hadn't even come about, but they're very... Um, they're very satisfying as a listen, I think, mm-hmm. you know, they they're, are. so there again, they probably would be a great read aloud back in the day, but mm-hmm. I agree. I love listening to them as an audiobook as well. In some of our first episodes of Clued in Mystery, we discussed how Christie films and TV adaptations have tended to remain set in the same era in which they're originally set. And this is very different from Sherlock Holmes, for instance, because we might find Sherlock in any location, any era, or even any gender. Um, Considering this, was it a challenge to bring that Agatha influence into the 21st century setting? Or or maybe not. Maybe you've kind of already discussed this. Well, I think... I think... In a way, no, because she is quite timeless, isn't she? Like we just discussed, and there's the new adaptations. Um, I point to Knives Out being so popular, and I can't wait for the second Knives Out. But that's just a pure Christie, isn't it? The, the manor house, the, the bit of fun. That's what I like about Christie, too. There's a little bit of laughing at the great detective, but then he solves the crime with these clues that you maybe could have seen, but you, you missed or he saw. So... And I think most modern cozy mysteries really owe everything to Miss Marple and Agatha Christie, right? It's the same kind of, here is the amateur sleuth, and she can't rely on, she can't go all CSI and wait for that cat fur fiber analysis to come back <laughs> from the lab. She has to go out there and find who owned the cat or who visited the cat or something like that. And so in cozy mysteries, that's one of the challenges is getting the sleuths out there to to meet the suspects and to figure it out and to use their special skills like Miss Marble and her knitting or my book selling sisters and their, their knowledge of books or people coming into the bookshop. So I think really the plots and the, the manner of detecting can be brought into any time period. That's great. Brooke and I have been talking recently about locked room mysteries uh, and we, could pick out several TV shows that 
use that trope, but couldn't think of very many modern novels using that. Uh, but I think your mystery is uh, a locked room. Um, and just wondering what inspired you to use that as the sort of context for the for the mystery well um i love that you said that i'll, I'll qualify that people could get in and out a little bit so i won't unless somebody says well it's not really locked but i did want what i wanted was what agatha christie often has is that that set group of suspects and characters um you know i I would love to write one of those books where there's snowed in at the manor house someday and there's five people. So here I, I do have a whole village of people who could be suspects, but among the cast of the mystery, there's only so many people moving around. And I, and I like that um, just to keep track of characters, but also to keep focused, hopefully focused enough who's who and who's a suspect and why they might be doing it, why you might be misled, that kind of thing that I love that in Agatha Christie's books. I, and I do particularly love the, the locked-in aspect. I think one of the other things that um, modern cozies you know, pay homage to Christie are the, are the settings, the small village settings, or the small place settings. There's a lot of modern cozies that are set now, even in urban areas. But it is kind of in relation to the locked room, but a, a, a confined setting. You've got this little village, or you've got this little group of blocks within the city, within which the sleuth operates. And that and that becomes, I think, a little bit of a character too, like St. Mary Mead is, I love it when Miss Marple is there. I like it when she travels too, but then she's always thinking about her hometown. And I think modern cozy mysteries do a lot of that too. And so my village is a, is a little mountain village in Colorado. Um, it has a ski slope and it has this gondola where the, the death takes place. And they do think about Miss Marple and in that and sort of a closed room mystery, it just becomes a maybe an interesting place where the murder happens. I think she did that a lot too. So Anne, what are your plans for the series? Will the Christie sisters have more adventures? I hope so. I'm writing right now. I'm working on the second draft and I find I've always known who did it, but I think I finally know how they figure it out. <laughs> that's, that's one of the things I marvel about Christie too. I was reading her, um, you, you can read her her notebooks. Somebody wrote a book about her notebooks and her. you can see her thought processes like maybe this person did it. Maybe this is why. <laughs> maybe I'll kill off this person. And so that was really interesting. But as, as a mystery writer, I always find the hardest thing is to figure out how they did it. <laughs> I can always come up with a, well, not always, but I, I feel like I have a setting and characters and then, but then figuring out how they figure it out. There, I'm just in awe of Christy. I'm writing the second one, and um, I think we have a title, but it's not set. But it will involve the Christie sisters again, and this time it's it's a little different. They're, um, they're engaged in a, well, a cousin has set up a, a book-based dating service, so you match each other by your, by your bookish taste. But, of course, there'll be a murder, and they'll have to solve it, and they'll be using some of their the same skills they used before, their knowledge of books and people and uh, motivations to hopefully solve the case. That sounds like a lot of fun. I love the idea of a, a book-based uh, <laughs> dating service. <laughs> yes, I, I do too. <laughs> Should set this up. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you know, the other uh, thing that um, Brooke and I recently talked about was kind of authors 
being mm. um, sleuths in in the mysteries, or or sort of there being a, a strong literary theme in the mystery itself. And I think that really appeals to readers to be kind of yes. reading about people mm. like themselves, right? People who love books, people who um, could, you know, would much rather mm. be tucked away with a book than in a, in a yeah. crowd of people. You know, I think a lot of us are, yes. are pretty introverted <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, much prefer a, a crowd of books to, mm. to a crowd of people. Um, and so I can see how that would really appeal to readers that, you know, notion of, of being immersed in this bookseller's world. And, and, you know, I, I love the descriptions uh, in your book of, of the, the bookshop itself. It sounds like a, a really great place that um, I would, I would love to visit. <laughs> I would too. This is in a way, I think cozies are little fantasies in a way, like they're, they're also like superheroes for books for all of us like we can enjoy reading and knitting and have our cats and be in this wonderful bookshop and then save the day <laughs> too so yeah it's kind of my little fantasy world the village the the bookshop the, the bookshop cats and and also them being so brave like if a murder happened here i would not no i would not be going out but in cozy mysteries they go out and they they save the day so i think that's also fun to read about and write about for sure. Yeah. And I think in a day and age where we don't have so many corner bookshops mm -hmm. that um, it's very nice to be able to turn to a, a book that re references it. And like you said, kind of live out that fantasy again. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, really, really fun for bookish people like, like us. Um, the other thing that I wanted to mention was that I like the, so not only the references to um, uh, Christie's novels, but the references to her life that you pepper through the book and the, you know, little Christie facts that, um, that you share. I think that's, um, that's a nice way of incorporating her and incorporating, you know, her legacy into, um, into what you, what you're doing. Oh, thank you. No, I've really enjoyed learning more about her. And I think, I think she said something about like readers, readers will mislead themselves to, to not see clues. And, and when I thought I knew Agatha Christie, I was seeing her as Miss Marple. I thought, yeah, I think as writers, we get like, oh, you've written yourself, especially writing a cozy mystery. People think I've written myself. Like, Maybe I do sometimes, but not, <laughs> I don't try to, not always. But I had pictured her as Miss Marple. And now as I read more about her, I found she's so there and she did all that traveling, but she was also, she was also very shy. I read, I was just feeling all this empathy with her, this <laughs> connection with Agatha Christie. And I just read something about, she went to a, she was supposed to go to a banquet in her honor and the security guard didn't know who she was and kept her out. And she was like, okay, I'll wander around the hotel and maybe go home, which is totally how I would react. So I felt, <laughs> I love her even more. But it's been really fun to learn more about her and her life and her her struggles and their marriages. And she married an archaeologist as her second husband and went on digs. And it's just all quite fascinating. Yes, she is a fascinating woman. Mm -hmm. I, I, too, love the story where even the doorman at the dinner in her honor didn't recognize her. It just shows what an introverted um Yes. <laughs> quiet person she was. I love that story. Mm -hmm. And there she is writing all those novels and <laughs> killing off so many people. <laughs> um, and in her writing, she was so bold. 
Well, Anne, this has been such a great pleasure. I think it really adds to the conversation, several conversations that Sarah and I have had recently, um, especially about carrying another author's work into the world. Um, How can our listeners find out more about you and your books? Well, just thank you so much for having me. This has been such fun. Um, You can find me, I think maybe the first place to go would be to go to Penguin Random House website and look up Dead and Gondola or my name, Anne Claire. And they have all sorts of links where you could go buy the books. I hope it'll be in libraries as a library lover. I think you could request it from your library. You can also find me on Instagram where I'm Anne Claire author and I share too many pictures of books and cats in Colorado. And on Facebook, I'm Anne Claire Mysteries. And then I have a website, it's novel mystery, uh, it's com. So I'm, I'm kind of lax about my website, so I'm chagrins, but you can find me many places <laughs> and my books. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. We'll make sure to put links to all of those places in the, in the show notes so readers can find you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for having me. This really has been fun. This has been fun. And thank you listeners for joining us again today on Clued in Mystery. I'm Brooke. And I'm Sarah. And we both love mystery. Clued in Mystery is produced by Brooke Peterson and Sarah M. Stephen. Music is by Shane Ivers at silvermansound.com. Visit us online at cluedinmystery.com or social media at cluedinmystery. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing, leaving a review, or telling your friends.